Hey, and welcome to Sign of the Crime. My name is Remy Ramirez. My name is still Q McGrath. And this week we're talking about, uh, I don't even know what name to use, Anna Sorokin, Anna Delvey, Anna Sorokin. Sorokin. She's Russian. Sorokin. Oh, uh, Sor- Sorokin. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I fucking, I got so, uh, I was riveted by inventing Anna. I started it not knowing any, I, I don't remember this case really. So when I, of course, Shonda Rhimes is going to make something brilliant every time, but I was like, oh yeah, just a little, whatever this is, just give it a little look-see. And then, yeah, like five hours later, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It's an investment. Cause it's like, it's like a nine part series, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it's infuriating. Cause I'm like, I need to know what happens now. <laughs> and that's not what happened. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it took me two days, but I did sit down and binge the whole thing because she's fucking crazy. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think she'd argue that she's an Aquarius, right? Um, yes. I, yeah, I'm yes. pretty sure. Yeah. 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 When yeah. I, she's an Aquarius, but she's an Aquarius in the, in the Capricorn border town. And I was like, right. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sometimes like when I think about a chart, the sun sign is like sort of important to me, but it's like not the most important thing. So I forget. I always go for yes, the sun sign yes, first. You're right. And if you, and if I, and this is no offense to Aquariuses, I'm sure there are some nice ones of you out there. I just don't know any. Like Val, most of the, Val, Val is an Aquarius, my friend Val. That, and I still, she's I would love sweetest. to know the rest of her chart because that she's the least Aquarian Aquarius. Look I've at you. Met. You're just, you just hating on those Aquarians. It's I, like I said, you I haven't had, had you haven't had the best, ones. you haven't had the best interactions. With I Aquarians. haven't had the best interactions, which is funny because every Gemini I know I love and people love to hate on Gemini's. I love my Gemini's Aquarians. I'm like, mm, I'm going to need you to keep that six feet. Even when COVID is over. It's kind of, well, okay. So, okay, well, we'll get into it, but I think that's so interesting because did you know, and I'll get into this in the fucking thing but did you know that um that saturn rules capricorn and originally was the ruler of aquarius as well did well, you know apparently that? saturn was like oh nope not this guy <laughs> well what's not what's, you it's well i'll get into it so i don't want to give too much away but um i do let me talk about it okay <laughs> okay um speaking of let's talk about it you were like about to tell me some shit about Kanye. Oh, um, I mean, I was just checking in to see if you're watching that shit show. <laughs> Wait, watching what? Kanye and his divorce from Kim. And like, well, I saw that he posted a fucking video of Pete Davidson uh, getting his head chopped off or something. He yeah, he he posted a he, his new video for his for his song Easy includes a claymation Pete Davidson being killed and buried. Uh, but that's like the I mean, that I wouldn't say that's the least. I would say that's the culmination. Like if you've been watching for the past few weeks, like on I follow him on Instagram, which I you, have done recently to watch you follow in, in, Kanye Kanye on Instagram uh-huh. just to watch um, the disintegration real time. I mean, it's it's he's really living up to that bipolar diagnosis. Like at one point he was, he, you know, the thing where they post in all caps and they're screaming and, and they're like, he calls him skeet. Uh, and, and at one point he was like, my account has not been hacked. And he posted a picture of himself with 
the date and like and like this is today's date you know and this is the today's time and like to, it's like I, I haven't been hacked this is the real me you know and you're like all right <laughs> it, it it's it's giving off troubled vibes you know well, and i i think for me the thing is i'm watching this and i'm like where's his conservatorship right the fuck why yeah. is britney spears you know she cut her hair off so you guys couldn't sexualize her after basically her entire life of being treated like a literal object kanye is going off the fucking rails at just lightning speed and everybody's like well he's an artist i'm like uh is he or is he just not okay well and also like okay i saw um i follow sean king on insta and he posted about this and i so many people i was so shocked because he was like this is abusive behavior this is not okay and so many people mostly men but also some women commented and were like calm down dude like the internalized misogyny is real not just that but like yes 100 percent. but this is as as people who follow true crime and are familiar with patterns of um men who hurt women it you don't just go from like chilling out uh, in your life to, to hurting someone, murdering someone, attacking yeah, no, someone, whatever it, it is, a path. there's a, yeah. yeah, there's a buildup. And, and what I'm seeing to me, this looks like a buildup to something fucked. And we'll see, you know, I mean, my, my thing is that even if it isn't a buildup to something fucked, this is fucked. Yeah. It's like fucked. this is right. right, right. This it's is already fucked. fucked. Well, it's like abusive. this is making her feel so unsafe. It totally. has to be. Yeah, it's you know? so it's so abusive. And like up. the audacity of the man being like, you're cheating on me. We're still married while he's literally posting, you know, he created a a whole like he made he went on that date with that chick, Julia Fox, and he made a video out of it that he posted everywhere. He could yeah. of like making out with her and applying her makeup, which, by the way, she looked like a zombie. I was like, what? You don't care. Like, what are you doing? I don't understand. You're fucking other people, which is your God given right in these circumstances. But you can't be mad at her. You are like and now he's dating some Kim Kardashian lookalike, which is hilarious. And I'm and I'm just over here like she's been with one dude. Yeah, She filed in February, started dating somebody in October. And you are mad at her for moving on. And then you're like, but I can do it too. Look, I can do it too. She doesn't care. She doesn't care, my dude. Yeah. Go right ahead. Do it. She doesn't care. And it's all to provoke a reaction. And the only reaction is coming from him. You know, the crazy is coming from inside the house. And I just, I I feel bad for him because I have dated someone with bipolar disorder before and i and i is know, he diagnosed bipolar yes he oh. says he is oh interesting. he says he's diagnosed bipolar but he won't take the medication because he prefers the real him cool and you know pete davidson did a whole skit about it on snl where he was like there's no shame in the medicine game take your pills it was like if i got on a plane and the fucking pilot was like i just want everyone to know this is the real me <laughs> the plane, I'd fucking get off you know like yeah like sometimes the real you is a problem it might be time to look into that. God damn. Um, but yeah, yeah I was checking with you to see if you were watching that. We can gossip about that later because right now I want to tell you about someone else who has a mental disease. <laughs> okay. Allegedly. Yes. Oh my allegedly. God. Allegedly. Get into it, girl. Um, okay. So we're going to start in the summer of 2014 before COVID. Uh, it was lovely. There were time. parties once upon a time. We could make so out with strangers. Most important. You could. And people did. <laughs> 
Um, and, and one of those people was this young woman who says she's a German heiress and she attends this hotel party in Montauk, New York. Wait, T.O. She, I watched her, uh, the recent interview that she gave and she alleges that she never said that she was a German heiress. Yeah. I don't believe her because like literally everyone else says she says did that. She said that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and I mean, it doesn't really make sense for her to be like, yeah, I don't have any money. Can I have $22 million? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Right. Okay. So sh she says her name is Anna Delvey and she's kind of weird in this off-putting way. She talks a lot about her money, allegedly. Uh, she says she has a sizable inheritance coming to her. She wears these fashionable clothes, but she doesn't seem to have the stable foundation that a person with money would have. So she's, for example, constantly asking people for a place to sleep. And in this particular instance, after the party in Montauk, she's found sleeping in the morning in her car. Um, that's so that's a, people are like, huh, interesting. So she's known to organize get togethers for these elite people that she barely knows. And then when she gets them in these places, she asks them to buy her food and drinks. Wow. She has no problem reaching out to people that she knows only tenuously and asking them for money, often because she claimed that she has trouble with her credit cards because they're European. This becomes a recurring theme with her. She would claim that the fact that her cards were European and that her funds were tied up overseas made it difficult for her to access her money. So I don't know how she's walking around telling people she wasn't a German heiress. Um, <laughs> right. And, you know, not, not buying that. So in 2015, she meets art collector Michael. I don't know how to pronounce this. X-U-F-U. I'm sure that that is. Um, I think. I think XUFU is the best. Michael Zufu Wong. The best. Michael, I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce. Right? XUFU. XUFU. I'm trademarking. Your middle name is an excellent brand name. We're doing it. So she meets this art collector and she learns that he's going to a biannual art exhibition known as the Venice by any by any by animal by any it's not biannual it's whatever that is in they're like Italy, look, i guess we don't Biennale. Do Biennale. okay okay is it wait sorry it's in venice it's in venice in italy okay. and my, anna asked if she can come along for the ride michael agrees so he, she says she's going to pay him back so michael purchased her a purchases her a flight and a hotel room and the total comes somewhere in the neighborhood of 3k uh, but when they get back to New York, Anna just kind of seems to forget about that money. And he assumes that she's just flighty. It's not a thing I'm likely to let slide, but apparently he did. Then she organized a party for herself at a New York restaurant in 2016 through a public relations network. But after she didn't pay the bill, the restaurant reaches out to Michael because they see his pictures of the party on his social media posts. And they ask him if he knows another way to reach her because the bill hasn't been paid. So at this point, at this point, Michael gets just a little bit suspicious and he's like, hey, I'm going to need my money back like now-ish. And he does get reimbursed, but from an unfamiliar Venmo account. And after that, he blocks her, which is probably pretty smart on his part. So this is this is how we learn about her. This is around the time that Anna has starts living in hotels. So she's in the standard high line. And this is in 2016. And she meets Rachel Williams, who will come up later a photo editor at Vanity Fair. And if you believe the Netflix series, kind of a grade A bitchy opportunist. Uh, that was my take. I was like, damn, I don't know who has it out for Rachel, but somebody on that on that set did not like her. I don't, so, okay. I felt like I liked Rachel. Okay. So in the opening scene with Rachel, Neff is working out with her 
And she was like, oh, like that was rough. And Rachel goes, I thought it was easy if your body's in shape. And Casey oh. and Casey turns to her and goes, Rachel, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And Rachel goes, you know what? That wasn't that wasn't kind of me. I'm sorry, Neff. That was our introduction to Rachel. That's and I was right. like, I forgot all that. right. Um, so like Michael, Rachel found Anna to be demanding and kind of rude to people that she considers her inferior. She's elitist, but unlike Michael, Williams found Anna to be very generous. Uh, she wrote a whole article about it. Um, in Vanity Fair and the article was entitled and as a bonus she paid for everything which turned out to be not true at least for Miss Williams so Anna and Rachel become friends at first they because they both work for magazines uh, I'll tell you about that later but but Anna did work for a magazine in her younger years and then they entered in this sort of millennial friendship we see on TV which is like spa trips sessions with a fitness trainer dinners at fancy restaurants you know all of them funded by Anna Rachel said she she really did pay for every everything uh in this in like the beginning of this encounters and there's a lot of conversation between the two of them about this art center that anna is planning on building in new york called the anna delvey foundation she tells rachel that her plan is to lease the historic church missions house which is literally on park fucking avenue and she tells her about all the art studios and the restaurants and the nightclubs that she plans to host in this really super exclusive elitist enclave which is par for the course for someone like anna uh, and led Rachel to conclude that Anna was a legitimate, if eccentric, millionaire. So in 2017, Anna checks into a $400 a night room at the 11 Howard Hotel in Soho, where she quickly becomes well-known for her generous $100 tips to just about every damn staff member she comes across, as well as her privileged and indulgent lifestyle. So if you watch an interview with her at one point, um, she was like, I don't know why everyone assumed I was rich from that. And the interviewer says, well, you were tipping everyone with hundreds. And she says, I don't know what to say about a person who thinks a hundred dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So she well. hires this. Yeah. <laughs> so this is who we're dealing with. So she hires a personal trainer named Casey, uh, who we talked about a little bit before. And she often treated her training session, her friends to training sessions, as well as Manny Petty's cryotherapy, bottles of champagne. Okay. Wait, Tio, can I ask? Mm hmm. How like this, all this money that she's tipping, where is this coming from? Oh, I'll get there. Okay. okay. So she always pays cash, lots of shopping trips, regularly visits the 11 Howard's restaurant, La Cuckoo, which she billed to her room. And she's known to wander around the hotel in her bathroom and her leggings, demanding various services at the drop of a time, at the drop of a dime. It's here that she meets Neff Davis and they spark up a friendship that is also built on Anna's apparent ability to pick up every tab. Although it's very clear that Neff is different from Rachel in the sense that she is aware that the gravy train had a real person behind it. And if representation is to be believed, she was genuinely very fond of that person. It's hard to tell with Rachel. Um, she hasn't been as forthcoming until more recently uh, because she sold her rights. <laughs> and we'll get oh. to that too. Oh. So Neff's an, an aspiring filmmaker and by her own admission, a little bit of a hustler and she knows how to get shit done. So Neff and Anna become very close in a relatively short period of time, which is why in March of 2017, management came to Neff with a bit of a dilemma. The hotel doesn't have a credit card on file for Anna, and her bill is in excess of $30,000. Just a chill 30K? Just a little, just a little 30K. So Neff is perplexed, but she has this sense of dread because just a few days before, Anna had invited her out to lunch. And despite handing the waiter a laundry list of credit card numbers to run when her first card is declined, none of them went through. Oof. So for the first time in their relationship, Neff had to cover the tab, although to her credit, she more than admits that it was her turn to do so. 
So in the context of that recent unusual event, Neff begins to experience some doubts about the authenticity of her friend's claimed wealth. But at the same time, experience told her Anna's good for the money. So the day after the lunch fiasco, Anna had paid Neff back triple the cost of the bill in cash. Oh, oh. so she pulls Anna aside and she discreetly tells her that the hotel needs to be paid and a working credit card needs to be on file. Anna assures her everything's going to be taken care of and that a wire is coming soon. But instead, a case of Dom Perignon arrives for the staff. Oh. The management, however, is like, nah. <laughs> so they won't accept it. And they hold firm and they tell her that if the money doesn't arrive, she's going to be locked out. And then the money does arrive. Well, could could they keep the Dom Perignon and also do right? That? You kind of wonder if like you're like, but we're just gonna hold this in the back. <laughs> They're like, thank um, you very much, and also <laughs> right. No, it doesn't have to be an either or. And I yeah. feel that deeply in my champagne loving soul. I say let's both and the fuck out of this. Situation. Yeah. Uh huh. This is like an improv situation. We just keep saying and. So. Exactly. Citibank sent a wire of, of $30,000 to the hotel and all is right with the world for the moment. Not long after that, Anna arranges for a private plane to take her and a few of her closest friends to Omaha in order to attend Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway's yearly investment conference. And while she's there, she gets a text from Neff telling her that because she had not let, delivered on her promise to put down a working credit card on file for future payments, she would be locked out of her room and her things were being put in storage. So Anna returns from Omaha furious and determined to exact revenge by purchasing the domain names of all the managers in the hotel. Wait, what is that? What do you mean the domain names? So, you know, um, basically like if you're in it, RemyRamirez.com. So she goes and buys the domain names for all the hotel men. Whoa, that is some petty shit. She says she learned it from Martin Shkreli, that fucking dumb piece of shit that tripled the cost of some very necessary medication. Oh, yeah, that's sociopath. Wait, yeah. so, but what, I mean, what's the point of doing that? Again, she's petty. <laughs> Wow. Okay. She tried to sell the names back to them for a million dollars. If someone did that to me, I'd be like, keep it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even allowed to touch this name, whatever. <laughs> you can yeah. have it. It's fine. <laughs> Just throw in a middle name, baby. That's fine. Whatever you, whatever you want. Tell me how it goes. Uh, so anyway, um, so she's going to Morocco though. So she tells Nev, I'm going to Morocco. Do you want to come? I'm taking Rachel and Casey and a videographer uh, because Dan apparently Anna wants some documentation of her business building process, which is, I, I just, <laughs> the narcissism of being like, videos of me please so um, oh, I'm sorry. Vacation. <laughs> that's me 24 seven. I'm like, could we do another no. video? Another but one? You, have, you haven't gotten to the point where you've hired a videographer to take like when you're going on vacation girl like, uh, girl yet <laughs> fair enough all right that's where we're headed honey so neff wants to go but she has to work like all of us little people and her mom tells her like she's got a bad feeling about this so as neff told reporter jessica pressler nothing is free so she stays behind and she watches the whole excursion from the vantage point of instagram which made the whole thing look pretty glamorous and exciting which i guess is one word for it but another might be fraught so it turns out that Anna's financial woes did not get left behind in New York, and she's unable to pay for the $7,000 a night suite that she books in Marrakesh. No, look, literally I'm, can't. I, no. I Look, I know it's, it's wrong. <laughs> I know it's wrong <laughs> to spend $7,000 a night, whatever. But also, can we figure out a way to do that? We paid like $8.50 a night for our um, honeymoon? honeymoon thing, and I... I, I like I had a soul searching excursion when I was like, oh, okay, 
oh, I can do it. Because <laughs> <It's like, laughs> you, you have to pay it up front. Hate to like, spend money. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still what my my and it was amazing. We went to uh, to Bora Bora and it was fantastic. But they had a fucking futon for eight fifty a night. I expect oh, a mattress. That's all I have what? to say about that. Mm-hmm. What? Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, for seven thousand dollars, like you have like a pool in your kitchen and shit. Well, and they literally did. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Universe, do you hear me? I'm ready. (sighs) I'm ready. I'm ready for this money. So Rachel and the videographer had spent several anxious and awkward days watching Anna make terse phone calls ostensibly with her bank before Rachel had reluctantly forked over her work Amex as a temporary hold while Anna is working out her bank issues. Casey, the trainer, actually had to end up leaving with a stomach bug after a couple of days, and the resort management had looked a little sideways at the group at that point, sending in a couple of goon-like security guards. What? Rachel left a few- What? what like well, they're like, guards? I mean, goons, goon-like. I Goon. mean- yeah, like that's like, the way they were described by, I believe, Rachel. Like it, they definitely they weren't sending in like a couple of, you know, cute women or these little string bean dudes, like big dudes. that are like, you're not going anywhere till we get paid. Got it. So Rachel left a few days after that, which was just Anna at that point, I think maybe the videographer and her credit, but she left her credit card number behind. Rachel, so Rachel's. Yeah. So she's adamant that she was told by both the resort and Anna that her card would not be charged, that it was just a placeholder. But when Anna called her a few days later, explaining that she'd left that hotel and she was now checking into Richard Branson's Casbah Tamadot Luxury Hotel in Morocco. And she says, you know what, I'm just going to wire you 70K to fully cover the cost of vacation. And that's when Rachel realizes that Anna intends to allow her card to cover the cost of the trip. That had to be like, Uh, I bet she had to sit down. So a day or two after that, Casey receives a call in New York from Anna, who is at the Four Seasons in Casablanca, and she's not able to pay. Management wants to arrest her and Casey's conflicted, but she agrees to cover the cost of the hotel as a loan. What? What? Wait. So none of Casey's cards will go through either, and the hotel concedes it might be an issue on their end. Casey promises the hotel that Anna has substantial funds available to her and will pay her debts. But before Anna lets Casey go, she asks the trainer to buy her a ticket back to New York. Casey agrees, and Anna has just one request. Please make it first class. Lol. Mm-hmm. So Anna returns to New York, and she moves from 11 Howard to the Beekman, who kicked her out when she was unable to pay. And then the W followed suit after a couple of days and at that point she's wandering around the streets and alexander wang unable to get a room because every hotel knows her scam at this point so she doesn't have any money she tries to move in with casey she just shows up one night and vaguely threatens self-harm which buys her a night but when she returns the second night casey literally hides in her apartment after anna is told that casey is out and that no she can't wait inside the apartment for her so anna waits in the lobby until midnight and just when things look like they can't get any worse she's arrested for theft of services wait. when the beekman and the w file charges against her wait wait, wait. She, so she's in the lobby of this apartment building mm-hmm. until midnight and she wait she waiting for casey to come out or something waiting basically what i'm fairly certain happened is the um the doorman was like she's not in right so she's waiting for her to come home uh-huh. And as she's sitting there, the cops roll up and arrest her. She leaves and the cops roll up and arrest her. What? Yeah. So her arrest is printed about in the post, which exposes Anna's financial situation to all of her friends, including Rachel, who, despite the many promises made by Anna, has only received 5,000 of the 70 that she's been promised. Damn. Casey and Rachel organized this kind of intervention 
where they sit Anna down and they attempt to get answers out of her about her financial reality, who she really is, why she's done everything that she's done. And she just kind of song and danced them. Like she gave them a lot of the usual excuses and justifications. She spoke evasively. And when none of that works, she pulls out the waterworks and starts crying. So finally, she tells them that all of this is just this huge misunderstanding and she'd be able to pay everyone back easily once the lease is signed for the Anna Delvey Foundation. It's at this point that Casey flatly informs her that the building that she'd been pursuing, the church missions house, has been leased to another company, to which Anna responds, that's fake news. Mm. So, uh, by the way, she's a Trump supporter. <gasps> she is? Mm-hmm. I looked it up after I saw that. Yeah, there's some evidence that she's a Trump supporter. Um, so not long after this confrontation, Anna is supposed to show up in court to face the charges levied against her by the hotel she stiffed, but she doesn't. And this is because she is in Cali. So she has deposited several checks into one of her empty bank accounts from another one of her empty bank accounts and then withdrawn money from that deposit before wait, the wait. bank has had time. Sorry, my Gemini rising brain got confused. Start, start again with the logistics. So she's in California. She's yes. supposed to be in court. She's yes. not, doesn't show. And this is because she's in California. Right. She's in California because she deposited several checks into an empty bank account from an another empty- one. In her, yes, all like her she bank just, accounts are empty. Like she's just, okay, okay. So it was an account she already had. It was just empty. Mm-hmm. She writes checks from another empty account that she uh-huh. has. And then before uh, before the bank has a, a chance to realize that that, that 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 check is bad, she withdraws money. They this let you called, do that? They don't, they let you if have you're rich it. enough. Yes. Wow, okay. This is called check kiting and it is illegal. Hiding so, or kiting? Check kiting. Oh, yeah. So she takes that money. She buys a one way ticket to California where she immediately checks into the Chateau Marmont, which if you're from California, you know, is a very exclusive, very expensive hotel in West Hollywood known for housing the rich and the famous. While she's there, she may or may not have overdosed on Xanax and wine. The truth is, we don't really know. What we do know is that she ended up at a rehab center called Passages in Malibu, which, like the Chateau Marmont and every locale that Anna frequents, is a place filled with rich and powerful people. Was she looking for new marks? Maybe. Was she genuinely trying to address a substance abuse issue? You know, anything's possible, but I'm not putting money on that. Was she using a clever loophole to keep from getting deported? That's also entirely likely. But either way, all evidence suggests that she was treating rehab like she treated everything else, which was like an opportunity. Wait, Tio. So um, can you unpack a little bit the deportation possibility? I looked that up and I don't understand all of it, but it looks like if a person is in active treatment for drug addiction, they can't be deported. They can be deported as soon as they get out, I think, Mm. but not while they're in active treatment. Okay. Got it. So this is why when Rachel reaches out to her at the police's behest, she readily responds over a series of texts that occurred within about a month's time. Anna sets up a lunch date with Rachel, who was actually in LA on a work trip Anna knew about. So the offer of lunch seemed credible. As soon as Anna steps outside of the rehab center, she is arrested. And that's the end of Anna Delvey, the scam in its nascent form. Wait, so basically Rachel set Anna up. Yes. Rachel was working with the cops and was like pretending. Rachel had gone to the cops and they were like, 
Uh, so what you're saying is you went on a $67,000 vacation and your friend hasn't paid you back. Okay. That sounds like a civil matter. So, you know, she goes to civil, like she could, she could take her to civil court, but it's, it's like most likely Anna's not going to show up if she sues her and then there'll be a judgment against her, but it just doesn't fucking matter. Like, okay. The judgment's against her and right. right. You know, she's she not going to get her money. She's not going to get her money. So Rachel had gone to, I believe, a district attorney and was like, hey, <laughs> I think this person's a con artist. And the district attorney is like, yeah, we think you're right. So at that point, um, she starts getting more involved with the police at that. You know, she tells her story to the cops. and They're like, yeah, we think that she's actually scammed a lot of people. And then when they find out, I think that Rachel told them, I think she's in Malibu. You know, I think she's I think she's in rehab in Malibu. And they were like, hey, we can't arrest her inside that facility. But if she steps mm. outside that facility, we can get her. Do you want to help us try? Got and she it. Did. Got it. Got it. OK, so who is this Anna Delvey? Well, to start with, she's not Anna Delvey. Her actual name is Anna Sorokin, and she was born on January 23rd, 1991 in Domo de Dovo. And again, I'm probably fucking that up. Wait, I thought it was, I thought she was born Anna Sorokina. Mm, I'm getting Anna Sorokin. You could be okay. right. Okay. We don't um, know. We don't know. What, what we do know is she was not Anna Delvey. That right. came out of thin fucking air. So she's okay. born in Russia, just outside of Moscow, which like we said, it makes her an Aquarius in a Capricorn border town. No shock. Um, so her parents were run of the mill, middle class workers. Dad's a truck driver. Mom owned a convenience store. And as your slightly atypical teen, you know, she's obsessed over Vogue magazine. She spent a lot of time on fashion blogs. She graduated from what we think of as high school in 2011. She tried her hand at art school in London, but that didn't work out. So she goes home to lick her wounds. And then she rebounds pretty well, in my opinion, by interning at a magazine called Purple in Paris in 2013 with her parents' financial support. So she transfers to Purple's New York office in 2013 after attending Fashion Week. And it's not long after making this transition that Anna begins recreating herself in the image of a wealthy and influential heiress. And this is how she began to meet people like Michael Huang and cajole them into loaning her sums of money, both large and small. This is also around the time that she begins creating the idea of the Anna Delvey Foundation, which I think I think she did it because it gave her like a sense of legitimacy. In her head, she's doing what real millionaires did, philanthropy, you know, with a side mm. of ego. But she did actually go to some pretty extreme lengths to push this idea forward. So she's using your basic bitch Microsoft Word program to create false bank statements and other financial documents that shows that she has $60 million in Swiss bank accounts, 60 million euro, I'm sorry. Euro, not even dollar. That would be more dollars. But she, according to these documents, she's not able to access them because they were in a trust and she's in the US. This doesn't. She, so she's just like forging left and right to be like, yes, look, I have, but like, money. not even, I mean, she's just using, you know, Microsoft Word to do it. Um, you know what? <laughs> I, like, I, like, wow. Um, good honor, you, know. you know? Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me how she managed to do that. But I am not an heiress and I'm not up to speed on how inheriting trust work and how that shit's supposed to look. So there's that. So a friend hooks Anna up with the lawyer at Gibson Dunn, a very prestigious corporate law office, who then puts her in touch with several financial institutions, including City Financial Bank and Fortress Investment Group. 
In November of 2016, Anna gave City Financial fake documents in her attempt to secure a $22 million loan for ADF, the Anna Delvey Foundation. City National turned Anna's request down because she failed to provide the source of her supposed Swiss assets. So she hopscotches on over to Fortress, which agrees to consider the application if Anna will fork over $100,000 of good faith money to cover legal expenses related to the application. So despite these efforts, the church missions house is leased to Photographiska in New York in December of uh, 2011, which is a huge bummer for Anna, but there is an upside. In January of 2017, she talks City National into giving her a temporary overdraft to the tune of $100,000 on the pinky swear that it would be repaid quickly. Wait, I, sorry, wait. Okay. In 2011, you said this? No, I'm sorry. No, not 2011. <laughs> In December of 2016. Oh, I was like, so yeah, six years. No, we're not ago. going okay. back in time. Yeah, no. Okay, so 2016, her her dream location gets rented out. Mm-hmm. But the upside is, I don't understand how, like, the correlation. Well, there's not really a correlation. That's a bummer. But then there's some good news. Oh, I see. Okay, so yeah. then they're just like, what are they? They're just like, we're gonna give you some money. What? Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. She talks City National into giving her a temporary overdraft, saying that she can pay it back quickly. Wow. What? This is how she does this. So she gives him a fake AOL email address belonging to someone named Peter Henneke, who is her supposed business manager. And it turns out he does not exist. In fact, it's ultimately determined that this his cell phone number that she gave them belonged to a defunct burner phone from a supermarket. So when City National gets suspicious, Anna then claims that Peter has died. Oh. And she gave them the name of a new contact named Bettina Wagner. Fun fact, in her trial, prosecutors showed that Anna had searched, Google searched, create fake untraceable email. Lol. So, yeah. So she gives Fortress the $100,000 for the loan application, but a managing director there smells a rat after noticing some discrepancies in Anna's paperwork, like her saying that she's born in Germany, but her passport showing that she was born in Russia. I don't really understand why that would be a huge deal, but I guess if you're trying to get a $22 million loan, everything counts. Yeah. So, okay. So, okay. So the, the directors make arrangements to verify Anna's assets by meeting her bankers in Switzerland. They tell her that's what they're going to do. And so she hastily withdraws the loan application because, <laughs> you know, there's no one to meet. So in February of 2017, $55,000 of the original $100,000 overdraft from City Financial, uh, City National, not spent by Fortress as part of the due diligence process and their consideration of her loan is returned to Anna. And that's right around the time that she meets Neff and she starts tipping people Benjamins because now she has $55,000. Wait, sorry. God, my brain is like trying to connect dots, but I'm still, what? How does she have $55,000? So remember, she gave $100,000 to Fortress that she has basically stolen from City National because they said they're going to need $100,000 good faith money to do the work to make sure that she's worth $22 million. So she basically just conned City National based on fucking nothing. Yep, that is air and is like, look, I'm a fucking baller. Just give me a hundred thousand dollars. And they were like, okay. Yep. Basically, she convinces them that she has a lot of money. And then so they're my brain just truly can't process that. So then she takes that to Fortress. And then what happens? She gives it to them because they say they need that money to do due diligence to make sure that she's worth the 20. She's trying to borrow 22 million from them. Yeah. Okay. 
So they're like, okay, put down a hundred thousand dollars and we will process your loan. Got it. And she's like, great. So she thinks she's going to get 22 million out of this. What she doesn't realize that part of this due diligence is they're actually going over to where she says her money is and they are going to meet the people who says they have it in trust. Okay. So they're like, we have to actually meet these people. Yeah. What they tell her, if you, the way it looks in the, in the series uh, is that they're like, congratulations, we have, you know, done everything that we needed to do, except go meet your financial manager in Switzerland and make sure that that money's there. Once we do that, you're good to go. Now she knows that that's not going to work. Got it. So as soon as they tell her they're going to do that, she withdraws her application and they return the rest of that money. So apparently they spent about $45,000. I would love to know what they spent $45,000 yeah. on. Uh, this is this is why part of me is like, eh, you know what? She didn't do anything men have been doing forever. But anyway, so um, they return the 55000 to her and now she just has that. So this is what she's using to tip people right and left. This is correct. So this is the money that Anna's living off when she's hotel hopping and shopping like her life depends on it. You know, and $55,000 to a normal person, that's a lot of money. I mean, some people make less than that. A lot of people make less than that in a year. Yeah. She goes through it in a month. Holy shit. And she continues to scam people while she has this money. So that trip she took to Omaha, for example, on a private jet was arranged by dropping the name of the CEO of the company that she'd met in passing at a party and promising a wire transfer that never shows up. So girl literally From stole him? the jet and took it for a spin. So she shows up at the company and she, she asked the guy to arrange for a jet for her. He does. He thinks she's rich. She shows up. They're like, we didn't, we don't have a wire transfer. You don't have any form of payment. And she's like, but it's been arranged by the CEO of the company. So she drops his name. She uses his name and she just says it's coming. The wire transfer is coming. And they're like, well, she knows the boss. Shut. Okay. Yeah. So that was $35,000. Holy so she, yeah, she stole that jet. She took it for a spin. She brings it back. So whenever possible, she charges expenses to her room, which allows her to avoid putting it on a card. Uh, but that method did get her a painfully high hotel room bill, which is how she got locked out of her room. So in March of 2017, she deposits $160,000 worth of fraudulent checks into a Citibank account, and she's able to take out $70,000 in usable funds. So she's check cutting again, $30,000 of which she wires to Eleven Howard to pay for her outstanding bill. Mm. So May is when she fakes a wire transfer to arrange for that charter jet she stole, as well as when that elf ill-fated trip to Marrakesh occurs. So she's escalating, you know, she's, <laughs> she's, she's Damn. not slowing down. She really only left New York because the jig is clearly up there and she only returned because she'd been arrested. Had right. authorities not gone out of their way to arrest her, which honestly they don't normally do for check kiting and theft of service charges. She was not arrested for any of this major grand larceny that she eventually got charged with. She was arrested for theft of services and check kiting. Hmm. So, you know, it's, it, it's not expected. She probably never saw it coming. You know, had she been left alone in California, like she thought she was going to be, there is every possibility she would have repeated the scam all over again. And why not? It worked. Right. So she's arrested in October of 2017 and indicted by the Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. later that month on two counts of attempted grand larceny in the first degree, three counts of grand larceny in the second degree, one count of grand larceny in the third degree, one count of misdemeanor theft of services for the fraudulent loan applications made to City National and Fortress, the check fraud, the cost of the trip to Morocco, which is north of 60000 as well as the unpaid hotel and restaurant bills. So they didn't leave out anything. They charged her with everything they could. 
everyone involved in the story is very vocal about the fact that there are most likely other victims of her financial crimes who are far too embarrassed to come forward because at this point it's clear that they were had by a relatively lowbrow amateur con artist. So this trial is an absolute spectacle, Anna throwing almost daily tantrums about the clothes she's expected to wear in the courtroom. Her friend Neff, who stuck by her and is still close with her to this day, created an Instagram page for her daily court outfits, which was wildly popular and it's still up if you want to go check it out. Uh, I did. I actually was like, (laughs) I was like, this is actually pretty tight. It's pretty funny. So in December, she rejects a plea deal that would have had her serving three to nine years, and her trial begins in March of 2019. Her lawyer's defense is basically that she intended to pay everyone back, which is crazy. (laughs) She was trying to take out a loan for $22 million. I would love to hear how she was going to pay that back. And that some of the services were rendered in exchange for Instagram publicity. In April, she is convicted of eight charges, including grand larceny in the second degree, attempted grand larceny, and theft of services. She was found not guilty of attempted grand larceny in the first degree, which actually would have been the one that served major time. And that related to the original loan application with City National. And one of the larceny, which I, yeah, like I kind of get, I think she withdrew it. So, you know, and she is not, she's found not guilty in the the alleged theft of the money from Rachel Williams in Marrakesh, which kind of had to be a blow. And that one shocked me. And I, I think it has a lot to do with why Rachel was represented the way that she was in the Netflix series. But don't, don't fret. Uh, Rachel made out okay. I mean, everything that they said in the series about what, how she made money off this is absolutely true. So she transformed this experience into a lucrative literary deal for her book, My Friend Anna. And honestly, good for for her. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was amazing to me that they were shitting on her for that. No, I think Um, that's fucking smart. No, that's very smart. Good for you. Yeah, you got fucked over by someone and they like put your, your, your entire well-being, your job, your financial standing in jeopardy times 10. Yeah. Go out there and write a fucking book and make that money, girl. Yeah. I, I didn't see a problem with it. And it was interesting to me that they were like in the, in the series, the characters were very clearly, you know, not excited about the fact that she did that. And I was like, but let's be clear. Anna did far worse and y'all seem to be okay with that yeah what I that part I just think is I couldn't understand that I was like it wasn't it was interesting that's just lemonade out of lemons is what that is yes no absolutely uh I I think I wrote that somewhere down here later yeah uh I you know I they were like she's an opportunist I'm like and what the fuck is wrong? Yeah. So is take- Anna. <laughs> What's the fucking problem? Also, like- you know, they say that about women. They'll call women an opportunist. They'll just call men savvy. Yeah. You know what I, know. I mean? It's absolutely true. Fuck I up. think it's also because she, you know, she didn't. So she wrote this article uh, for Vanity Fair that came out not too long after this happened. She didn't mention the article that she helped the police capture her, although she did own up to it in later articles she wrote about this. Um, but I think she wouldn't speak to anyone about this. Rachel. Um, Yeah, because, all right, so let me tell you. So she writes this book, My Friend Anna, becomes one of uh, Time's top 100 books of the year. And then she options the rights to her story to Lena Dunham, who had planned to do something with that on HBO, but ultimately she didn't, probably because she got kind of canceled. So she returns those rights to Williams, which means that Williams got paid $30,000 for that. And then she still kept the rights to her story should someone else want to option them. 
Damn. Yes. I say that's good karma. Good for you, girl. (laughs) So plus Amex ended up crediting her account 52,000 of the original 67, which means that between that and the 5,000 Anna gave her, she's only out 10,000, which is a lot, but is more than covered by the money she made off the book, the option TV rights and the article she wrote about the experience for Vanity Fair. Yeah. Well, you know what? $10,000 is a fuck ton of money. It's a fuck ton of money and it doesn't change the fact that Anna fucking Condor, like, this it's, is, you know, because I remember when I was watching the series, there was a part where they were like, she might have, Rachel might have, um, they might have had a guilty verdict around Rachel's issue. What is What is this charge? But, yeah. um, but the, but the jury didn't, when, when it was revealed that she'd made all this money and whatever, the, the jury sort of lost sympathy for her. And I was, I was like, I don't understand that. Because she literally just, she, I do, you know, we don't, I don't think that we have, it's a, it was, I don't, maybe it was a federal trial. I don't know. We don't know what was said in that courtroom. At least I don't. But um, if the, the, the district attorney didn't bring up like, Hey, did you, did you turn this situation into something financially lucrative for you? If her attorney was able to like expose her in that way, then I can see why if it had been me and I'd have been that attorney, I would have made sure that 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 was known about before she got cross-examined. So it didn't look, you know, like they were trying to hide it. But the other thing is she didn't do anything wrong is what it comes down to. Yeah. Whatever she did, it doesn't change whether or not what Anna did was legal or illegal. And that's what the jury was supposed to be determining, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that it was something along the lines of like, well, you, you know, you shouldn't have expected her to pay for this. Like, but she fucking offered. If my, one of my friends turns to me and is like, hey, I'm going on this trip. I'm fucking filthy rich. It's no skin off my nose. Do you want to come? I'm going to be paying for this room $7,000 a night, whether or not you're there. And I, again, am filthy rich and I'll pay for your flight and I don't care. I am absolutely hopping on that opportunity. Does that make me a bad person? I'm comfortable with that. No, 100 fucking thousand percent. P.S. Yeah. If any of you are that, and want to do that with me, <laughs> you can find us at sign of the crime at gmail.com. We are looking for those kind of friendships. <laughs> Just going to toss that out there. But, you know, like, yeah. And I think that's why the series, and I think that that's pretty common knowledge, which is why I think if you watch the series, they made an effort to make Neff look like the kind of person who was grateful for the things that Anna did. And Rachel looked the kind of person who expected um, it expected it and was greedy about it like you know they show lots of things where she was like we should get a bigger room and like oh i love this you know stuff like that it it, they definitely made rachel look like a person who saw anna as an opportunity and took it you know yeah and um and i think that it really fit into that narrative because that she was during the trial that she was found not guilty of the con on rachel sure I'm just and Shonda, you know, and Shonda Rhimes isn't here to tell the truth, which she says in the very beginning, like all parts of the story are true, except for the parts that are made up. Like she's not here to tell the truth. She's here to make people watch. And they did. So well done for her, too. Well, and, you know, like someone could call that an opportunist where it's yep. just like, no, this is just women being smart. Well, if you look. <laughs> If you look it up, Rachel wrote a whole thing after this about how problematic her portrayal was, you know, and, and she yeah. doesn't say, I'm mad that you made me look like a bitch, although I'm sure she was, but more like we are giving people who do things like this a pass yeah. uh, by creating sympathy for her at my expense. So, and you can read that article if you look it up. Um, so, okay. So 
la 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 la. So Rachel's ability to turn lemons into lemonade doesn't change what Anna's intentions are. But that said, we don't know. Maybe she did intend to pay her back. We'll never know. Um, in an interview before her sentencing, Anna tells the media that I'd be lying to you and to everyone else and to myself if I said I was sorry for anything, which probably didn't go over terribly well. So on May 9th, <laughs> yeah, I can't oh. wait to see this bitch's chart. So on May 9th, 2019, she's sentenced to four to 12 years in state prison and she's fined $24,000 in order to pay restitution in the amount of $199,000 which includes $100,000 to City National and $70,000 to City Bank. So this money, as well as approximately $75,000 in legal fees related to the trial, God bless the trial attorney who racked up $75,000 in legal fees because he knew he wasn't getting paid. Like he must have strongly wow. suspected that based on the rest of this shit. So these are paid from the proceeds of Anna's $320,000 payout from Netflix for the rights to her story. Surprisingly, so after that, after she pays everything, she's allowed to keep the remaining $22,000 and she's not required to pay the $160,000 in legal fees related to the unsuccessful lease of Church Mission's house. I think they were just like, y'all were stupid if you could like if you didn't realize that like she just fucking copy pasted that shit in microsoft word that sounds like y'all are dumb so sixty five thousand, and then she so she does she's not required to pay those those hundred sixty thousand dollars in legal fees to uh related to the unsuccessful lease of church missions house or the sixty five thousand dollars in legal fees related to the unsuccessful 22 million dollar application or the thirty thousand dollars in legal fees due to the law office of lowenstein sandler so she was racking up all kinds of like what people was, charge what was lowenstein sandler they were just another corp another law office that was handling try, her trying to get this foundation off the ground okay i would love to see the breakdown because i've always suspected they're like uh it will be a five thousand dollar listening fee uh there is a one thousand dollar fee for opening and closing doors when you enter you know i mean i would love to see what they're I just, I, I have suspicions here, but anyway, they were like, nah. So Anna's incarcerated at Rikers Island during the trial where she has 13 infractions for misbehavior, such as fighting and disobeying orders. I know that must come as a huge shock. Um, she's actually placed into solitary confinement over Christmas, color me surprised. After the trial, she's sent to um, Bedford Hills Correctional Facility in New York for women. And eventually she's transferred to Albion Correctional Facility. She's actually released on parole in February of 2021. And after her release, she checks into the Nomad Hotel and hires a camera crew to follow her around and film her activities. In March of 2021, she is taken back into custody by ICE for overstaying her visa. And currently she's being held in a New Jersey County jail by ICE awaiting deportation to Germany, which she is legally contesting. An immigration judge ruled that if Anna was freed, she would have the ability and inclination to continue to commit fraudulent and dishonest acts. And that is the story so far of Anna, whoever the Falcon, Delvey, <laughs> you know, someone, someone. Um, wait, so, she, so did you say March of 2021 that she, yeah, she's been in, she's been in, just, she's as been far there as for I can year. tell, she's been in there for a year. <gasps> yeah. Damn. She's been in jail for a year. Well, she's what? used to it. She was in jail for two years before that. I don't understand. She could have left. You know, she could have taken her $22,000 and gone back to fucking Germany. She didn't. So, yeah, she got arrested. Damn. Wild. Okay. Okay. You ready to hear what the stars have to say? Do tell. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait. First of all, when you look at Anna's chart, the first thing that jumps out is that she has a massive cap stellium, five cap placements. 
that sounds sexy. I'm just going to say it. You would think so because, <laughs> because you are a Capricorn. I'm a little jealous. Cap and Taurus are the bougie bitches of the Zodiac. The Tell me more. Dif- the difference is that Cap likes to work and Taurus just likes to luxuriate, but they both want to floss. I don't know if the kids are saying floss anymore, but if, if we're painting a broad stroke, both Cap and Taurus want to be like, yeah, everything I own is designer. And actually, I think if you had to pick a bougier sign, I would say it's probably Cap because Cap loves money so much. I mean, then there's you with a Cap sun and Taurus rising. <laughs> and the best way to make your day is to find you a coupon. Like you hate- Tell spending. me how much money you saved. Yeah. Yeah. You hate spending money, but you love making money. You love having money. That's well, like- that's what happens when you grow up in a traumatic household where- <laughs> Like where there's told, no money, where there's there, no money, and you're told no there's money. never going to be any. And by the way, we're all going to the poorhouse. <laughs> like, what right. is a poorhouse? Can someone please tell me if anyone knows what the poorhouse is? I am thoroughly invested in finding out. Please I mean, either. is that an old term for like a shelter? I no idea. We don't know. I don't know. It was just a vague threat hanging over I'm our heads. So young, our whole childhood. I don't have any idea. So. So anyway, with five planets in cap, this is definitely someone who's thinking about money, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. But it's also important to remember that cap who's ruled by Saturn is motivated by a feeling of there not being enough. That's the energy of Saturn on the Mm. surface that can look like I don't have enough money, but underneath that is the energy of I am not enough. Saturn wants you to work hard to prove yourself, to prove that you're worthy. Unlike a sign like Leo that's ruled by the sun. It's like, I am worthy. (laughs) Yeah, the sun literally is the spotlight, right? So Leo energy is not about worrying about whether or not they're good enough. They just want everyone to see how good they are. I am well aware. (laughs) Yes, you with your Leo husband, you know. And sun. Right, yes. Oh, yeah. Jude has Remember like how he was like, take Leo- my picture and show Remy my outfit today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leo AF, right. They're just like, I am great. We're, but, but that's the sun energy. The Saturn energy of cap is like, it's a totally different energy, right? It's, it's like, you have to prove it. You don't just get to be enough. So the fact that she has this massive cap stellium to me suggests that she wrestles with not feeling good enough and feeling like she has to prove that she's worthy. She just doesn't get to just be worthy, right? She also has Mars at zero degrees in Gemini. And I think this is fascinating. Mars governs how we get what we want and how we're motivated, how we get aggressive. So I've talked about this before about the border towns in astrology. But for anyone who missed that episode, I'll reiterate, because this is a perfect example. Anna's Mars is in Gemini, but it's at zero degrees. So it's right next to Taurus. Like her car just passed the border out of Taurus into Gemini. She hasn't even had had time to put her passport away. So when a placement is in an astrological border town like this, it's carrying the energy of both of those signs. So Mars and Gemini, this makes perfect sense. Gemini is chatty, smart, articulate, a networker, charming, fun. And in its shadow, 
is duplicitous, right? Two-faced Gemini. Everyone knows about that. Gemini energy in its shadow is fucking big time danger zone because it's charming and funny and smart and simultaneously full of shit and hiding a double life and lying straight to your face. Have Mm. I dated a Gemini? Have (laughs) I been burned so hard by a Gemini? You know it, baby. But Mars in Taurus is also part of this puzzle because Mars is right on that border. So Taurus culture is thriving in that part of Gemini, just like Mexican culture is thriving in El Paso, Texas. So Mars and Taurus is going to look like someone who's motivated around luxury and money and bougie shit. They're also someone who's going to work steadily toward a goal, which works really well with all that cap in her chart. That cap energy is like, I want what I want. I have a very clear goal and I'll work for it. And then the Taurus Mars energy is like, we'll get there. We'll keep chipping away tirelessly. We're stubborn. No one can tell us we can't have what we want. And then the Gemini energy is like, and we'll take on this persona and finesse people and be charismatic and throw parties and con the fuck out of this sitch to get where we want to be. Okay. Mission accomplished. Moving on. Probably doesn't want to be in jail. Yeah, yeah, that probably wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> that didn't turn out the way she expected. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to assume. That was definitely not the goal. Okay, Anna's, okay, yes. Anna's got the sun at two degrees of Aquarius, which we splashed on earlier. And it's opposite Jupiter in Leo at nine degrees. So first of all, yes. Oh, I knew we, she had to have some Leo in there. You know it, and you know it's Jupiter, baby. So, Okay. Okay, we have sun in Aquarius, but just barely, right? We're at two degrees. And what sign is before Aquarius? Capricorn. The best one. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Capricorn. (laughs) So even though her sun is definitely in Aquarius, it's also in the Capricorn border town and getting lots of Cap influence. The sun, as we know, oversees ego and identity. So let's talk about this Aquarius Cap cusp sun. We've already talked about cap energy. Cap is ruled by Saturn. Saturn likes discipline, structure, hard work, but it's not usually the most emotionally available sign. Caps are not known for empathy or warmth. They're known for getting shit done, achieving goals, organizations, being preoccupied with material earthly concerns like money. Cap symbol is the goat because goats will single-handedly without any help from any other goats, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) climb Mm -hmm. climb a steep ass mountainside till they get to the top so cabs are generally very self-reliant because goats are the greatest of all time so there's that are they g-o-a-t that's when they call someone a goat wow the greatest of all time wow i can't believe i wow yep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm sleepy yes (laughs) yeah thank you thank you spoken like a true cap to the core baby but to to the point of this symbol they they want to be self-made right they want to get to the mountain on their own they don't want any help and they like to be at the top of whatever they do or or really they like being perceived as being at the top and that's again in part because cap is doing 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 out of this saturnian feeling of not being enough so all of that is packed into anna's identity the sun right Now, what's interesting about having a Cap Aquarius cusp sun is that Aquarius, as I mentioned, in traditional astrology was also ruled by Saturn. They shared Saturn as a planetary ruler. 
And that's because both signs are known for being emotionally distant and unavailable. Aquarius is an air sign. It's super smart, super interested in ideas and concepts of all the air signs. It's the most interested in coloring outside the lines. It loves out there ideas. It's really one of the most visionary forward thinking signs, if not the most visionary of the entire Zodiac. And that's why today Saturn is no longer seen as Aquarius. Well, it's, it's not seen as the primary planetary ruler of Aquarius. Uranus is because Uranus is kind of ingenious. It has these strokes of genius that come through out of nowhere in a flash and it holds space for these big visions. That's what sort of the, I heard someone pronounce this Uranus a few days ago. And I, uh, had a moment because I'm like, what are you saying? And then I figured it out. And now I have to ask, is there, is it, are we doing this wrong? Or is this, is Honestly, this one of those things where it's potato, potato? If it sounds really ugly, it's wrong. And Uranus yeah. <laughs> just also Uranus, like both of these are just ugly. So can we just all agree to pick the one that's prettier? This is my no. Libra, my Libra stellium. <laughs> I was going to say, this right is now. your Libra coming out, but yeah. I'm actually here for that. Yeah, yeah. Like Uranus, it's easy. It doesn't remind you of a butthole, <laughs> you know, and also like Uranus, like get out of here with that. Um, okay. Anyway. Okay. So really Saturn and Uranus share joint custody of Aquarius, right? People say that Aquarius is the humanitarian sign. And while that's true, it's more like Aquarius has a vision for all of humanity being able to revolutionize and live outside of the bondage of traditional government. You know, Aquarius wants freedom, hates tradition, hates rules, which by the way, like Capricorn hates freedom, loves tradition, loves rules. But in terms of being humanitarian, when it comes to actual one-on-one -on -one intimacy with another human being, Aquarians generally really struggle. They're great with concepts, but not with, you don't say, <laughs> but not with actual connection. So that's just some background on the cap Aquarius relationship. But I think we see all of that in Anna's son, which again is her identity. It's where her ego's at. She hated Germany, AKA tradition, hated the status quo, wanted to be free of all that, had a huge vision for herself and who she was and what her identity could be. That vision was way outside the lines, very Uranian. And that identity, identity was about achieving and making money and being a self-made woman. All of that falls under both of those signs. And then that energy is being opposed by everyone's good friend, Jupiter, the biggest hype man in the literal universe, who's chilling out in Leo, the most flamboyant sign in the mm. Zodiac. Mm. <laughs> Leo is like, honey, if you're not the center of everything, you're a joke. You deserve everything and all the attention. And Jupiter is like, yeah, you go do it bigger, do more. So, and well, okay. So her identity her son at two degrees of Aquarius is being egged on in this huge way by larger than life Jupiter in larger than life Leo. So what happens is she doesn't just want to have a good job at Vogue or whatever. She wants an entire art foundation with her name on it in the nicest piece of real estate in New York, right? Mm, yes, that is correct. Also, when you have shadow shit going on and you have a major planet in Leo, the chances that we're working with narcissism 
really spike. So I'm not diagnosing anyone, but I am putting that out there. This is just you yelling at my husband. This is just me letting Michael know. (laughs) Honey. Okay. She also has Venus in Aquarius. And this tells me two things. For one thing. Oh, for Quintana, you just, you know, there are some great Aquarians out there. No, no. And I'm sure there are. What I'm saying is that you have someone with a cap stellium. You said a stellium, right? Yeah. With a sun in Aquarius and a Jupiter in Leo with a Venus in Aquarius. Yes, girl. Thank you for picking up what I'm putting down. So for one thing, because of the emotionally detached nature of Aquarius, a person with Venus planet of love and affection and relationships in Aquarius is going to struggle with intimacy, which, and I'll get into this more later, but like, if you can't even tell people your real name, you probably aren't trying to get that close to people, right? Yeah. So that's number one. Number two is Venus also governs wealth and her Venus is square to Pluto in Scorpio. Pluto in Scorpio. Oh, I was going to ask if she had any water. <laughs> yes. Pluto in Scorpio. But again, you know, Pluto is generational. Yeah. So it's not really like she has water. She like, yeah. Yeah. We talk about this all the time, but Pluto oversees pretty much all shadow energy. So like jealousy, resentment, hatred, vengeance, but on the light, the lighter shade of like boo, it also governs things like a need for control and power and manipulation in order to have control and power. Like Sylvia Plath one time described poetry as the blood jet. She said the blood jet is poetry. There is no stopping it. And that's Pluto energy, the blood jet. There's no stopping it. And the more you try to stop it, the stronger it gets. Although you also shouldn't let it run amok. Okay. Just saying like, Mm -hmm. you should just fucking go to therapy for it. So it doesn't run your life. Anyway, love that soapbox getting off it now with Venus square to Pluto in Scorpio, which Pluto oversees Scorpio. So that's double the energy. That's a twofer right there. That's like a pizza and a hamburger and you're like dude i honestly just wanted pizza and the customers are like well here's your blood pizza with your blood burger and a very good fucking bon appetit to you so that energy i'm not that hungry (laughs) no thank you (laughs) more blood food for you so that energy that pluto in scorpio intensity is squaring this venetian relationship to wealth So now that desire for control to be on top, to manipulate in order to achieve wealth, all of that's now part of this cosmic chemistry. Okay. So now let's look at this cap stellium. Now that we've talked so much about cap and Saturn, Anna has Saturn, North node, Neptune, Uranus, and Mercury in Capricorn. So Saturn is exactly wait, wait. North node in Capricorn, North node, Saturn, North node, Neptune, Uranus, Mercury, Dang. all in Capricorn. And then her sun is just outside in Aquarius yeah. at two degrees. Right. Okay. So Saturn is exactly conjunct her North node at 28 degrees. And then Neptune, Uranus, and Mercury are all conjunct at 14, 11, and 10 degrees respectively. So we've talked so much about what Saturn, planetary ruler of Capricorn, is. 
how it works, what it's about. First of all, Saturn in Capricorn is a whole vibe. It's fucking wild because now you have the ruler of Capricorn in Capricorn. So that's two twofers, right? Pluto and Scorpio, Saturn and Capricorn. Big twofer energy in this chart. Mm. Anyway, so Saturn and Cap is sitting directly on top of Anna's North Node, her guiding node, what she's meant to expand into and, and evolve into in this lifetime. It's sort of like the North Star of what her soul is meant to learn about in this lifetime. It's like, go this way, go this way. Of course, we don't know what house her North Node is in because we don't, we don't have a birth time. time, right? Yeah. And that's super important. But we do know that she's meant to lean into Capricorn because we're in Capricorn. And on top of that, she has Saturn sitting on her North Node. So now that becomes sort of a guiding planet for her. All those Saturnian qualities and desires and fears and all of that, all of that's influencing where the ship is steered, that desire to achieve, work hard, be disciplined, be self-made, make money, all of that is further influencing her North Node that's already in Capricorn, where she already has a Capricorn stellium. And then on top of that, her son, even though it's in Aquarius, is also conjunct these two because it's just two degrees into Aquarius. So it's just four degrees away from these other two, from Saturn and North Node. So then her entire identity and her ego, that's the sun, is also part of this conjunction in a sign that is also ruled by Saturn, Aquarius. So this is like Saturn energy as an extreme sport. <laughs> this is like a jackass Which, movie where they do Saturn. It's like, it's so fucking stupid and insane how intense it is. It's like, you know, fucking some dude, uh, tightrope walking across a pond of crocodiles, but, but Saturn, <laughs> but like, yeah to me that sounds spectacular like like done in a healthy way i wonder what that would look like well okay well, i don't think we have any examples i don't know if you could do that in a healthy way i wonder what that would look like well i'll get a lot to, of capricorn when we get to chiron like oh I'm, what's her chiron okay we'll get there okay okay so she has three more planets in cap let's do that but before I move on to those, I want to note that she has that Mars at zero degrees of gem trine this sun, Saturn, North Node conjunction. So basically everything I just talked about is being fueled and egged on by that Mars energy. Mars is a planet of action. It's motivated. It's aggressive. It goes after what it wants. So basically this Mars trine is putting a fucking fire under the ass of this sun, Saturn, North Node conjunction and making it even more intense. Okay. So anyway, you have that conjunction on one side of this cap house. And then as you scoot over Neptune, Uranus and Mercury are conjunct toward the other side. So let's look at that. Look at that. We talked about this pretty in depth in the last episode about what it is that Neptune does. Neptune is about how we dissolve or transmute boundaries. So like maybe we make art to create meaning out of our, our, out of our terrible shitty feelings. Maybe we do drugs to escape a tough reality. Maybe we find God, maybe we lie and weave crazy stories that we hope will just like erase our reality. Right. Capricorn wants to succeed and get rich. So with Neptune in Capricorn here, <laughs> yes, that sounds excellent. A worthy goal. Nothing wrong with that. You know, nothing like, wrong with that. Not a I thing. Mean, maybe a, a fucking 
billionaire who tries to go to like tries to create a fucking hotel on the moon versus like helping others Dude, maybe this sign we yeah that's a great question i have no idea God, watch him be a capricorn that would be so upsetting right there's some bad caps out there girl no i know it i know that our you powers know? can be used for evil yes. i'm well aware you know i love to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> but but like just an idea, like just just like, hey, I want to succeed and I want to be financially sound, whatever. That's great. That's fine. Whatever. With Nep with Neptune and Capricorn, now we have someone who wants to succeed and get rich without any kind of boundaries involved. Someone who wants to dissolve any and all boundaries that might impede them succeeding. Neptune is the planet of con artistry, of lying, of pretending, among other things, but that's its shadow shit. So all of that is now on the table in service to the goal of getting rich and being somebody, right? That cap stuff. Mm -hmm. And that Neptune and cap energy is directly combined with Uranus. Remember, Uranus is a planetary ruler of Aquarius. So it rules stuff like coming up with outlandish ideas in service of some huge vision. And then Mercury is there too. Mercury rules how we think and how we communicate. When you have Mercury communication and Neptune dissolving boundaries conjunct, you are likely looking at someone who's, let's say, you know, maybe they paint pictures with their words. That could mean poetry on the one hand, storytelling. Sure. Could. And it could mean straight up lying. Right. I was going to say <laughs> there's this there's it's, it's sort of on a continuum. You start with poetry, storytelling's in the middle, lying's on the other side. Right. And why are they lying? Because of this grand vision that Uranus is bringing in in service of these big Uranian uh, Uranian ideas like, you know, I don't know, the most elite art foundation in all of New York City. Right. OK. And this is where I really think it gets juicy. OK. Cause you know, I love to fucking get into that Chiron shit. Just dig right in. Right? I was going to say, what is it? Anna has Chiron in cancer. Oh, Chiron, as I love to talk about points to our greatest and deepest wound. Wow. If we choose to go on a healing journey and attend to our wound, we can also help others heal similar wounds. But if we don't, we just wound people because our actions will be subconsciously coming from that wounded place. So what's the wound of cancer? Okay. Anna has Chiron in cancer, which is the wound of home and family. And I just think that this is so fucking fascinating. This is the wound of feeling unloved in your home and family or in some way feeling wounded by the family. It's like you have a gaping hole inside you where the formative family love was supposed to go and you spend your life trying to fill it with whatever could be sex, drugs, work. And, and I literally double checked this and looked at what other astrologers had to say about Chiron and cancer and in quotes, pretending to be someone you're not is literally listed as one of the potential manifestations of the Chiron and cancer wound. It's basically like people with this wound, it's a little on the nose. Yeah. It's a lot on the nose. It is like chocolate ice cream that like you just put your face into the fucking 
<laughs> gallon of it and then you came up and there was brown shit all over your nose it is on the fucking nose okay well and the thing is we don't know a lot about her home i mean like she's right. she said a lot of stuff including like to this day she won't really admit that she doesn't come from a lot of money right like, and her and her parents have been contracted and they won't talk about their financial situation not contracted contacted they won't talk about their financial situation very much although it's pretty clear they're not millionaires mostly the the assumption is because they think that there's a possibility they could be held responsible for some of her debts which i get like that makes sense um i don't know again if if you watch the series and you saw how her her family and her her parents were portrayed um you know you you got the sense from that that she was an outsider within her own family but we we don't i mean that's you know most likely that was shonda rhimes just drumming something up for people to watch we don't really have much information it has not been forthcoming but what we do know is that her parents didn't come to the trial yep we know that can you imagine if one of your children was on trial in another country in and and was just like 25 or however fucking old she was 26 can you imagine not going to olivia or jude being on trial no so so I, I don't know the specifics around it, but, but we do know that there's something here, right? Okay. So like I was saying, it's like people with this one will try acting differently in all these ways to get any kind of praise or attention or to feel important in the way that they didn't in their family situation for whatever reason. So whether a person has a sense of being orphaned at a young age, abandoned, whether the issue is idealizing family members and then that gets fucked somehow, or someone gets knocked off a pedestal, the end result is either contempt, disappointment, and or this kind of profound malnourishment that results in an inability to have real intimacy. And yes, by that, I mean, pretending to be someone you're not, because if you're pretending to be someone you're not, then no one can ever really know you in your flawed authenticity. You're basically totally shut off. Yeah. Yeah, It's a defense mechanism. You're, but you shut off to any real love or connection. So more about this. Generally, you can kind of suss out who the family member is through the house that Chiron's in, but we don't have a birth time, so we don't have a house. However, what we do have- Anna, if you're listening, send us your birth time. We yeah. would love to give you some information about yourself. Sign of the crime at gmail.com. So you can start healing. <laughs> Girl, therapy. I'm telling you, you seem super interesting. Therapy. Okay, so when we are looking at Chiron- Chiron powerful she'd be healed right see this is the thing that i wish imagine it would understand is that if you are coming from a healthy place you all of this this fucking crazy capstellium and this pluto and mars trying this conjunction like you could use your powers for good baby oh my god unstoppable a capstellium unstoppable yeah. oh my god uh, tell think me more of the about fa- it think of the foundation that you know capstellium like, equals sexy so here for it Quintana loves it I do I love it it. and I but I'm also like I mean when I watched this story and you know like I said at the beginning of every episode it was like all the parts of these stories are true except for the parts that are totally made up and I was like I bet a lot of this is made up and there were parts of it that were made up and they were very entertaining but the parts that are true the part which is the financial shit 
this child tricked savvy educated yeah rich you know indoctrinated people who have been through this many many times before who have who know fucking better she tricked them into giving her or considering giving her a lot of money yeah a lot of money and i'm and i'm just over here like i do, uh, what <laughs> how did you are you fucking kidding <laughs> yeah meanwhile we're over here like i mean i remember like feeling nervous asking bosses for raises that i oh so deserved do you know my like, hey, my- can i get paid for the work that i do <laughs> Right. Totally. Yeah. Q and I grew up without a lot of money and my fear around asking for money was so intense that when I was in my early thirties, I was working at a consignment store for a while while I was going to fashion school and I would be afraid to ask people for their uh, credit cards (laughs) to pay for the shit that they wanted to buy at the consignment store. It was like, I had this like terror inside me. Like, oh my God, I have to ask you to pay. That's where we're coming from. This bitch over here is like, yeah, you will give me a hundred thousand dollars. You're going to give me this money. And then like, I can't even, I can't even fathom like $55,000 that you know, isn't yours, that you are very, (laughs) that you are extremely aware is not yours. And you're like tipping people hundred, she went through that money in a month. That's so wild. I could make that. I could stretch that out two years. If I had to, I could. Totally could. Yeah. And that's also the cap in me, which is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Very frugal. Cap can be very frugal. Not this one. (laughs) (laughs) Cap times six. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to Chiron. What we do have with Chiron, for one thing, is an opposition. Chiron is opposite Saturn in Anna's chart and Saturn represents the father. So I would say this wound is at odds with Anna's father in some way. And I don't obviously know what those details are, but it's pretty, it's pretty clear from this opposition. Now, if you'll recall, Anna has Saturn conjunct her North node. And because the North node is always opposite the South node, that means she has Chiron conjunct her south node so in other words saturn and her north node are making out in capricorn and then about 180 degrees away in cancer chiron and her south node are making out and the two forces are opposing each other chiron conjunct south node indicates not only that this wound came from childhood so in other words just fucking doubling down on this family childhood wound situation but also that this wound has come has come in from her past life unhealed. So it just feels like a rewounding in this life, which is probably why it feels so intense. And like, we got to fucking do something about this, AKA straight up invent an alias and some heiress bullshit and try to take over New York because this wound just won't quit. But of course, none of that is going to work because the only thing that will work is addressing the wound, you know, just- a little, the a little, we will go to. Yeah. <laughs> the lengths that bitch went to. Just oh, a, boy. a little I, fucking therapy. I'll be honest. I, as a Capricorn, I'm impressed. I, I mean, I've gone pretty far to avoid 
having to look at that shit. I did not go that far. Yeah. I did not go that far. Well, honey, you don't have five, you don't have a capstellium with five planets plus your fucking sun. And I, I don't know if I'm sad about that or grateful. I'll have yeah. to reflect on that later. Okay. I'll end with this because, because we don't have a birth time, we can't know the exact degree of her moon, but we do know that it's somewhere between 23 degrees of Aries and six degrees of Taurus. And that means that it's square to her Chiron moon mm. square Chiron. And what does that point to a wound with the mother? So we have Chiron in cancer, which represents the wound of home and family opposite Saturn, the planet of the father and square the moon, the quote unquote planet of the mother. So let's just acknowledge that for a second. Chiron, yeah, when your fucking chart calls you out and you're like, mm. yeah, oh, honey, dude, it's like all the time, every time it's never a mistake. It's never a coincidence. It's, it is in your chart. It's in there. So Chiron square moon suggests early childhood emotional crises where you felt like you didn't have support and you had to parent yourself. And the lesson was that so no one. Gen Xers. <laughs> yeah, for example. And the, the lesson was that no one was going to rescue you. You had to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and make that shit happen all on your own. It would also produce the belief in someone that there was something deeply wrong with them. Anytime a child isn't given the love that children are naturally supposed to get, that gets channeled into a subconscious belief that there's something wrong with them. Another cute little therapy fact, children believe that they are sort of at the center of things because in their worlds, they are. Yeah. And that includes when they're experiencing trauma. So a child doesn't think, oh, I'm experiencing family trauma because my parents have you know, limited emotional capacity and mental health challenges. They think I'm being beaten or screamed at or ignored or abandoned or whatever it is, because there's something, something wrong, wrong with, with me. me. Yeah. And then they become adults who carry that belief subconsciously and every move they make, whether it's inventing a persona or manipulating their way into thousands slash millions of dollars or trying to become the baddest art bitch in New York, every move is about trying to prove that voice wrong. That voice that says you're not good enough and you're not worth being loved. And that is the astrology of Anna Sorokin slash Anna Delvey slash Anna Sorokin. I have never wanted a birth time more. I know, right? Mm. Well, on that note, all right, I'm just going to give you, okay, so I'm just going to give you some, some, uh, some chart things and you tell me what you think. So if you have a sun in cancer, a moon in Virgo. Wait, wait, sun in cancer. Sun in cancer, moon, moon in Virgo. Virgo. Uh -huh. Venus in Gemini. Chiron in Aries, north node in Aquarius. Whoa, who's, whose chart is this? Elon Musk. <gasps> you looked it up. I looked it up. Well, first of all, um, Chiron and Aries is the wound of self feeling like you don't have a self that matters. That's the wound. That's the wound. That's, that's where, um, uh, nine 11 lady where her oh, Chiron yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what's her name? Blank on her fucking name. Because I've been thinking about Anna Sorokin for three weeks now. Um, fuck. Why can't I remember her name? I don't know why you can't. I'm terrible with 
with remembering anything unless it's something that has wounded me deeply. (laughs) Great. and And then you'll never, ever forget it. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Elephant. But yeah, it's the same. That's the same Chiron. It's a wound of, I don't matter. And so I have to do all this shit to ma- in order to matter. Cause I just, I don't matter on my own. Yeah. Wait, but sorry. What, sorry. Say it again. Sun and cancer. Yeah. Sun and cancer, but the moon in Virgo. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And the, where was Venus? Uh, Gemini. One thing I'll say about Venus and Gemini, because when I first, yes, people with Venus and Gemini could be duplicitous in love and cheaters and never be able to have like a, a, a monogamous relationship if monogamy is, you know, what they're, where you're at, sure. professing to want. Um, but then Sarah has Venus and Gemini. My so friend Jude. My good friend. Okay. And Venus and Gemini, what I've noticed about them actually, or this other, this like non um, shadow aspect to Venus and Gemini is they have, they're very good at making friends. They generally have lots of friends and they're great with like networking. Like they all, they'll always have a really strong, solid network of people around them. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Well, his Pluto's in Virgo. Pluto and Virgos, and is it conjunct his moon? What uh, I I don't know how to look that up. How do I check that? What is what is the degree of his moon? His Pluto twenty five degree twenty seven and then five. Okay, so no, they're not conjunct. Okay, so damn, that would have been juicy. That would have been some juicy. Intel. I don't know. I saw like a sun in cancer with a moon in Virgo. And I was like, all right, instant nightmare. Well, that's uh, tough. But, you know, he is like a family man. He likes family. He likes to. Um, be- so, OK, so, you know, his first wife, one of their I think their first child died of Ooh, something like SIDS. Awful. Oh, it's yeah. Awful. They had several more children, I think, in total. There were f- there were five and one passed. And she had trouble with that, you know that checks out yeah and um uh, and she just was having some trouble in general and then she wanted to go to therapy she went to therapy uh she wanted him to come they were having some trouble in the marriage he goes to the therapy session he says to her either we fix this here and now today or i file for divorce tomorrow either we fix all of our problems right now today in therapy yes and (laughs) she and the therapist both explained to him that's not exactly how this works and he got up and left and he filed for divorce the next day wow that if that is not moon and virgo in like the the the, uh, but i will uh, here's one thing i want to say and i have i haven't said this in the past but i've wanted to and i do think it's true when you filter energy when you filter astrological energy through either like a masculine lens or it's not even masculine. It's not even masculine or feminine. First of all, that in itself that you'll see like a a different manifestation of it, right? If you filter moon and Virgo through masculine energy, it'll look different than feminine. But then on top of it, if you filter it through masculine in a patriarchy energy, that you can't not right. Which (laughs) is that's where we are, (laughs) which is the fucking reality that we're living in. 
it is going to look even different, right? Um, so that to me, that is fucking to a T moon and Virgo in a man, in a white man, in the patriarchy energy, like, yeah, yeah. Like Virgo is so compartmentalized and it, it's like, I don't have time for emotions. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, it, no, like literally I don't do emotions. I don't do emotions. <laughs> well, but the thing is Virgo women or Virgo through a feminine lens, I'll say can look very different because Virgo is very earthy. And so they can just, it's more like grounded. They really like to garden. They want to cook, you know, it's like, um, it's more, it's more, it has a, a connection to the earth, which is spiritual, you know, that's a spiritual thing. But yeah. when you're disconnected from that, you just go into that. Everything that I hate about Virgo, everything that I fucking hate about Virgo, which is like, I don't have feelings. I don't have time for feelings. I don't have feelings and I don't have time for feelings, mine or yours. I am very critical and uh, I just need to move on. I just need to move the fuck on, even though you're like, you know, whimpering and uh, wounded in the corner. I just don't have time for you. <laughs> yeah, there's a she wrote um, at least I mean, she might have written a book, but I know she's at least written uh, a couple articles about it. And it's if you have a, you should read them because they're fascinating. Like as as Elon Musk develops in our society is like, you know, what are you? Are you a villain? Are you a, like, what's happening with you? Like the, the his first wife's description is a lot of wow. It's just a lot of wow. It'll I'm definitely sure. make you want to look into his chart. You're like, sure Jesus, the fuck. So much wow. Yeah. A lot of that. But anyway, Fascinating. Tanya Head. To, oh my God. Thank you. Tanya Head. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Woo. I feel better. Yeah. Me too. That was going to bother me. Yeah. <laughs> um, while you're over there Googling, do you know who we're doing next? Um, well, we were supposed to do Stephen Avery this week. Uh, I know, and then we then decided not to, because this was like, we were like, mm, this is really interesting. So we're gonna do that. So we could do Stephen Avery next week, or we could oh. throw him to the back of the line. But you, do you know who we have on deck is Adnan Syed. Oh, I could do, I could go either way, girl. Both of those stories are kind of in the same boat. So, okay. Well, one of those will be our next one. <laughs> one of those <laughs> will be episode. our next one. If you have a preference, you email us and let us know, but like soon. Yeah, but we got to get going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye.